Yeah. Guys, welcome to The Catch Up, your weekly food beast podcast where we break down the craziest food stories on the internet. And um, damn, we're just breaking it. Right now we got some croissants. Um, and then some we have twists. Uh, who someone brought in what looks is a matcha pistachio creme spread. Think 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 Nutella, even better consistency, like less 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 sticky, mm. less icky. And so good. This shit is not sponsored, by the way. It's not sponsored. These guys just brought, just brought it through, and we just happened to be eating because I didn't Thank eat you, breakfast. Grace. Yet. Shout out, Grace. Grace. Yeah, this is my breakfast, dude. This is this is gonna be my breakfast. What are you what are you, you eating right now? Dip. Just dip, okay, bro. we got like a cinnamon you twist. Know, cinnamon twist. Let's dip. just do it. We're you all right. Oh god, here we go. All right, so I'm dipping this whole cinnamon twist in this jar of matcha pistachio spread. So uh, you're about to hear a really sticky, icky voice right now. Yeah, like think of it as like. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Moment is, of silence for that cinnamon oh, twist. This is so oh, nice. It's this got is so the, nice. It's like the consistency of it's sexiness. Smooth, so smooth. It's like that Barry White voice. Like, damn, baby. <laughs> Nutella spread. This is one of the dopest spreads I've ever had. Green tea. Yeah. Spread this all over your body. So um, look out for this Illuminati pun Literally, on the tea. It's called Illuminati. Like, mm. it doesn't get any iller than that, bro. Yo, I love a good name, and that's mm. a great name. Oh, my God. What are we talking about today, Rich? I'm going to talk to you in my mouth, folks. Yeah, let's do that. So, um... <laughs> A great article on Bloomberg recently, Why Food is Taking Over Your Life. Okay, yeah, your boy your boy was in that. Yeah. In that. Yo, that okay. <laughs> so you got some ink on this, brother. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, how did so that come about? This uh, really dope writer who, uh, I got to be honest, I hadn't read her work prior, but as soon as she asked for an interview for Bloomberg, I was like, okay. Um, the only other uh, publication I read outside of Food Beast is Bloomberg. Hmm. And uh, she, she just wanted to talk about food and talk about food trends. And the result was like we had a, a really fascinating like hour and a half long conversation on the phone about why food is essentially taking over your life. And it, it, it was, it was incredible. I mean, did you read the article? Yeah. I mean, sidebar, we are team early on that, by the way. What do you mean? Food been taking over our lives. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, my whole our day to day is about <laughs> our life being taken over by food. So, but it's always fun to um, really break down yeah. what that really means. Um, it's it's really cool how she started off with listing some examples of food actually being mainstream in our lives. Like, you know, even the unicorn frap. Starbucks is trying a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Food halls are being replaced in malls mm-hmm. or like not replaced, but implemented in malls sure. instead of stores because, you know, malls are flagging and, you know, retail is going down. So, they hey, let's replace it with food halls and everything starts popping up again. I think what's fascinating is she gave me some great perspective, some life perspective on what a f- quote unquote foodie means. So okay. back in back in her day mm-hmm. <laughs> when she started hearing about foodies. A foodie was someone who was almost like a gypsy. A foodie is someone who traveled a lot. Okay. And they came back and told their stories of great food. How long on ago an was this? I mean, sh- I, I, it's probably not even that long. I'm really being. Was the world in black and white still? No, no, no. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I mean, for me, a gypsy is a it, is a traveler, a free mm-hmm. spirit, or whatever. So, anyways, her her initial intro to a quote unquote foodie back in the day was someone who it wasn't someone who took pictures of their food, but it was someone who's almost a historian of food, someone who. Uh, prided themselves on the meals they ate when they traveled. The ultimate tastemaker. 
Right, right, right. So that's a tastemaker before it was a tastemaker. And now everyone is a foodie. I mean, if you're not, if you're not a foodie, you are, you are, even people that have strict diets are foodies. Yeah. Um, but Absolutely. I'd be hard pressed to find anyone. Maybe because I live in a vacuum. No, I mean, like, if you think about it, especially with millennials and their different diets, whether it be vegan, paleo, gluten free, or whatever, what mm-hmm. have you, they own that shit. Sure. Yeah. They own being a vegan. They own being a paleo, and they take that and run with it with like dope recipes and really creative, inventive stuff within that vegan, paleo, gluten-free diet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they in turn are like meta foodies. Can I ask you one question? Have you ever met anyone who just didn't like food? Not like, or just doesn't have a passion for it. But didn't like? Did, I guess it's kind of synonymous because if you don't have a passion for food, like someone who eats. Purely to satiate themselves. Oh, yeah, like yeah, if yeah, all no. they could have was like salient, soylent, whatever the fuck that gross shit is. Yeah. Or an almond. Like I met this one girl and she uh, she straight up said, I don't like food. And oh. I, was, I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, I, like if I, 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 I try to get an almond in every now and then. Like if that's all. An almond. Yeah. And she didn't look anorexic. She didn't look like she had eating disorder or anything. She just. Had no palate. How long whatsoever. did that conversation last? Very like, brief. Bye. <laughs> Very brief. <laughs> Extremely like, brief conversation. Like, we don't need to just talk about food. But if if I if I believe you're a human who doesn't appreciate even a, a stark difference or a, mm-hmm. or a nuanced difference in flavor between an almond and a really dope steak, like yeah. you. We can't hang out, right. that's for sure. Because that's like one of the first things you uh, talk about to anyone, like if you're just meeting them. Hey, like, look, what's your favorite food? Yeah. You know, like, you can't. Oh, is, that, is that how you meet girls? No. <laughs> Ralph goes, no. hey, what's your favorite food? No, not at all. That's the prereqs. That's the, yeah, but it's like. I hear you, I'm playing. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, you kind of had to find that common ground, and food is always like a common ground. It's the for great everybody. equalizer, right. fam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, why now? Uh, I, so, I mean, you guys can ask questions about the article, but the article essentially like, why now? Why is now such a good time to be a quote unquote food be a foodie, a quote unquote food beast? Like why, why now is it such a good time as opposed to 10, 15, 20 years ago? Well, did, did Virginia Postral ask you that specifically? She asked. Okay. She and, asked. And then break some bread with us, like drop some knowledge. For me, I feel, um, we go through these waves of what we find interesting what we consume culturally and for me as a kid growing up in the 90s it it, they were things they were tangible items that like i consumed pokemon cards like i didn't eat pokemon cards but i like that was my currency i would think about pokemon cards that was my status if you will like I had like a Charizard and a Zapdos, so I was way doper than the kids with just like Gastly's and Energy Starter Packs, like, <laughs> like, right? Like yeah. that that was a status for a bit. Then it became like video games, and they were things that kind of defined my day to day. Oh, like status symbols for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I think there's something. Social media is nothing but a status symbol. Like, yeah, at its core, it's communication. Like it's how you communicate right. with people. Yep. But. There's a there's a status to it. You you project this idea of this is what this is what I do all day. It's I, our um, highlight reels. Exactly, exactly. And I think um, food has always been so ingrained in people's lives, but it's allowed us a platform to share what we've been eating, and that now gives 
food an even deeper sense of connection to us that like, all right, cool. Like I had a unicorn frap. This was my moment with it. And I, and I remembered it and it's cool. It's a sense of cool. Like now, Oh shit, rap. I put, I saw that you put up this photo of the unicorn frap. Like, here's my story about it. Let's talk about yours. Did you like it? Did you not? Oh, you went to Wolfgang Puck's new restaurant. Did you like it? Did you not? Like there's way more points of conversation. Um, you know what I think though is like, how, how come it took so long for these, the mainstream and the companies to catch up to this phenomenon? Because I remember I've been taking, I mean, just to put it out there like total food nerd, that I've been taking pictures of my meals four years ago. On Polaroids? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like when Instagram started yeah, popping. Yeah, sure. Instagram okay. was a Polaroid. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Okay. Um, yeah. And I guess it just slowly started making its way, creeping into just the everyday lives. But then again, food has always been there. So I'm just wondering why are these companies starting to catch up years later? So I think, I mean, one of the things is you're always eating. So like, let's say you have an Instagram account, you have a social media account and you're reaching for content. You don't know what to put up. What's Mm -hmm. one thing that you have three or four or five times a day is food, Food, right? right? So like you have four or five content opportunities every day and it's food. I'm, I'm, th- I'm just finding this out right now. Like we're just we're stumbling into this. Um, where as opposed, like if you're a sneakerhead, like you can't put up a new pair of pi- a new pair a picture of a new pair of sneakers every day. No, you you go broke. Recycle that shit. You go broke. And even on food, like food can get expensive. But in the grand scheme of like what you're spending on, you need to spend on food. So if you spend a little bit more, it's more ex- it's a more accessible accessory to your social media content. Your day-to-day content. I think that plays on the point that uh, Victoria uh, wrote in this article, food is photogenic. And that's where Mm. you um, actually had some great gems in this this part of the article with food being photogenic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we had had some pretty fun discussions about um, food that isn't what it seems once you see it on social and food that is what it seems. For example, like... You've been in and out. Yeah, their menu board yeah. looks like trash, in my opinion. Like it, the, the 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 photos of food that people take of In and Out mm-hmm. are better looking than the In and Out photos that they use in their own advertising. Oh, I agree, absolutely. Like I don't think they've changed the like scheme of how they photograph their uh, food since like the dawn of their birth. Yeah, dude. In and Out, In and Out has the best and worst marketing team I've ever <laughs> seen. These guys don't spend anything. They have they have a radio right. commercial that hasn't changed in years. It's like In and Out. That's what a burger's all about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like but it's never changed. I think that's kind of what's amazing about it. They, they, they let the food speak for themselves mm-hmm. or speak mm-hmm. for itself, you know? So Well, as it should be for right. absolutely. Food being photogenic. Um and I mean, stick sticking to the In and Out topic. I think In and Out is probably one of the like top five most uh, photogenic foods. Sure. If sure. you post up an In-N-Out um, burger and the lighting is on point and it looks great, you get likes. Like, They're rolling in. That red, yeah. bro. They're rolling in. The likes come in stacks. Yep. Yep. Um, and I think part of it too is because it's like so exclusive to where we live. Mm-hmm. You know, like people, like sure, there's Shake Shack and like, um, you know, in the East Coast and stuff like that. But it's kind of just like a point of where you are or where you're coming from oh, or you where you live, where you, yeah, exactly, where you rep in. Yeah. You know? So it's kind of just in that sense, uh, it plays a role. And here's what's, I, I think what's interesting, and we talk about, uh, she asks about this in the Bloomberg article, is 
brands nowadays, and it's not across the board, but brands nowadays, uh, food brands are living and dying by how good their food looks on social media. Mm-hmm. So take, for example, in and out We mentioned photos beautifully. You don't really need to do too much work for it because the, uh, they, mm-hmm. they put such a care into giving you a product that's already like perfectly layered. You see the lettuce, yep. tomato, the onions, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's other stuff. There's other brands out there. Like say you go to a taco joint mm-hmm. or uh, something like that and, and you get a taco that's rolled up. That doesn't photo well. No, like In-N-Out is the supermodel of foods. And then yeah. like this regular taco roll is like the IG model mo- modeling fit tee. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> she out there slanging her fit tee. You gotta, you gotta dress her up a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and she brings up a great point that food is. I don't know the name of this word or the the definition of this word. Ephemeral. 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 Damn, I'm learning too. Yeah. That's why you read Bloomberg. <laughs> <laughs> you learn these words. You get woke. Um, so it's it's a tangible product, but you literally consume it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think why people gravitate to taking pictures of it is because that's the only way to remember it. Like you, you can remember it in tasting notes. And, and thoughts mm-hmm. but the picture is going to be your memory of it where like if you have shoes or pokemon cards or video games they're still there like yeah. they're in your house they're there blah 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 and i think uh that's you know that that adds a special le- and, and with with our age of social media it's it's just exploded so i don't i don't know where it's going to be 10 years from now five years from now um but I don't know. We it almost seems second nature because we've been taking photos of food for so long. Yeah, um, I don't see this whole foodie phenomenon going anywhere for a long time. Absolutely. Um, personally, because uh, food speaks to the creative voice in all of us, mm-hmm. and also food is fun. I mean, when when are we not going to be able to document some really cool looking, fun looking food that also tastes great? And right. it's like. And it's also an equalizer and a, a part, a, something that brings people together. The only thing that could kill food, and this is the only time I fear for Food Beast's future, is if something like oh, Soylent Green <laughs> or something like an all-inclusive pill mm-hmm. can just satisfy your every need, taste, and it's just essentially all your nutrients can come in the form of a pill. Yeah, but it's not going to look pretty. It's not going to look pretty, but if if that meal is... Imagine it was one cent to buy this one pill that tasted like an In-N-Out burger, and that was it, and that's all you mm. needed. Would you really care? Like after, if, if it became ubiquitous enough, you could just eat this pill, you get your In-N-Out flavor, and it, imagine it was indistinguishable. <laughs> like once it gets into yeah. your mouth, something like it, it pops up like those little things that you drop in water, the little pills you drop in water, yeah, and it turns into your girlfriend. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So imagine that's what happened. Michael's looking at me like, hey, I've never blown up a girlfriend before. <laughs> um, but you know what? With you bringing up that great point, I'm about, I'm about to update my LinkedIn. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see. I mean, here's the thing is like we were, we've been covering potential companies that are trying to do meal replacements in the form of a right. pill for years. Like I think we're so far out from that. Yeah. And then hopefully there's enough of a culture that – not necessarily fights back, but is there to be like, you know, protect food as food. Um, I think that's important. I, I wonder, we can go into the topic of, um, you know, lab grown meat. Like that's taking a level away of like realism within food and getting further away from what food really is. Well, do you think it's really taking away or adding to the conversation? I don't know. If, I don't know what it adds. I mean, it adds, it adds a texture right now that you can get 
a potentially more sustainable version of of a food product but like what's next all right cool we can recreate a piece of fried chicken completely from a lab indistinguishable well if i can create a piece of fried chicken without the bone cool that's the next level if i can create a piece of fried chicken that i don't have to get greasy when i eat it because it's in the form of a pill and i just pop it in my mouth boom bro like that what's that okay. you know there are some people that are about being efficient in their day there are people that are about health and there are people about like just technology that they would support that they would co-sign that and then and that's the, the beginning of the boring end. people yeah. that i do but that's not, not everybody around you know? with. it's not everybody it's that same girl if we go right. full circle that only would eat almond because if that's like what's going to get her through the day she doesn't give a shit about anything else I mean, but yo, I mean, food, it's joyful. It's like, fun. It brings you, people yeah, together. It's I think, fun. I think that's what uh, you, uh, there's a good point in here where it's in the article it says eating is sociable. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of where a lot of people lie, especially in our industry. Like food is sociable to us. It's like consumable in a social aspect, not just for, just not just for sustenance. Even, sure. even going beyond that, like tell me how you feel. Whenever you cook a bomb meal for some friends, it feels amazing. Oh, yeah. It feels yeah. amazing. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so that's what it's about. Is like, I, I very, I feel like. How do you do? You feel our generation cooks more for themselves or for the people around them? Other people around them, absolutely. Like, is it? Yeah. Like, I, I like when I'm in the kitchen. Sometimes I'm, I'd rather not be cooking alone. I'd rather know that, like, oh shit, like I'm gonna add a little extra care because three or four of my friends are about to eat this. Yeah. Yeah, and then lastly, like, food is is fun. I think that like piggybacks on the sociable part where, yeah, you can't split a pill. I mean, you can. Well, here, Ralph. <laughs> here's a, here's a, here's Welcome to a Coach quick uh, devil's hell. Oh, okay. <laughs> Rewind back to that. Don't tell my mother. <laughs> um, playing devil's advocate here. So mm-hmm. what if, so what we're noticing right now is social interactions. They're going online, right? Sure. Right. And there's less FaceTime within, you know, day to day. Um, interactions, less in-person interactions. Do we lose that aspect in food as, as, as well? Through social media? Yeah. I, I think it's funny because if we talk about food being sociable, yet we are taking one step and removing that process by potentially relying on social media to share the experience, yeah. there's a potential that we're taking one step in a weird direction there. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, that, that's that's a great point because... Yeah, I mean, if we're relying on social to commune, then are we really in the moment with the food? Like, we're not. No. I know, by case of our career, uh, I'm never fully in the moment on a lot of food. And when I'm not in the moment, when I'm like purposely like, fuck my phone, I'm going to purely enjoy this meal with my friends, like, I do get a bit of anxiety. (laughs) <laughs> that I like didn't take a photo. Yeah. Am I gonna yeah, remember this? Your trigger finger gets itchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's that's something to be said. We did we did lose that part of food. I think in our at least in our circles, we did lose that part. When's the last time you ate when's the last time you ate a meal out and about? Not necessarily at home, out and about where you didn't pull out your phone. To take a picture, to do social, to have sex with the camera like you do. Check out the Food Beast <laughs> Instagram, Insta stories if you just want to watch Reach having sex. With food. Hey. He's like, hey, oh my God. Take some notes, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, last time I, probably a couple days ago, I met up with a friend and I was more into catching up and the conversation. Okay. And 
very rare occurrence though because most of the time being our careers as well and also just being caught up in just the whole foodie uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. phone is on deckington sure sure all holst- holstered up i do like that game i feel people should play it more more often is phone stacking you I'll ever play this that. game? Yeah, yeah. Where you put the Pick phones the in the you, you you put the phone in the middle, every phone face down, turn the ringer on. <laughs> First person to like feel like they need to pick up their phone has to pay yeah. the bill for everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I someone tried to play that in um in the meal I was present with. I was like, you like to cut that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> someone tried to play that. You don't like it? No. It's too much. Life. It's too extra. It shows that you're like too extra. you're not controlling like, yourself. Exactly. Like why do we got I don't know, it's just super extra. Yeah, like, like I mean just grown ass man, don't take away my phone. Yeah, okay, that's that's fair. I mean, if you got some people need to play games to get right. their point across, though. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so that's why so that's why food is taking over your life. I feel. Well, for those uh, that aren't on this wave yet, mm-hmm. and they want to get in on the conversation, like, how would you? What kind of advice would you give them? Like, how do they become like food woke? How to get food woke? Um, put yourself out there more. Go out, go out and eat. Don't be afraid. Like there's nothing. I think that's um, early on when I started eating out, I was really, and this goes to eating in too, like yeah. eating at home, uh, is you're just apprehensive. You think everything's going to be super expensive. You're afraid of ordering things wrong. Um, I think the best way to get into anything is just to go do it. So, um, dude, just pick a random place on Yelp. Just, yeah. just roulette that shit and pick a random place on Yelp, go order through the menu. Um, if that's not your thing, like if you're not for, for one reason or another circumstances, you're not going to eat out, eat in, do a random Google search of, of a recipe and go find the ingredients and build it yourself. I do, I do like the blue aprons of the world Mm -hmm. for what they offer people of like just trying to cook something that like Cool. Like maybe I don't even want to, I don't even know how to go to the store. That's a, that's a real problem. People do not know how to go to a supermarket. No, I don't know how to go. Look, it's, I can find a supermarket. <laughs> like I know where the Ralphs are. I feel but, you, man. I'm the same way. Like, but like you go in, maybe I go in with the recipe, like, oh shit, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a dope ramen dish at home. Okay. Right. I don't know how to portion anything. How much, how much, how many noodles do I get? What beef stock do I get? Am I getting like one can? Do I get 10? I have four friends coming over. Is this going to be enough? That's too much right. math for a writer. Right. Well, it's too much math for anyone, for like the, the normal person who isn't cooking for a family of four or whatever day in and day out. It's so hard to portion for yourself. And that's where I feel a blue apron or uh, any, any company like that uh, that delivers ingredients to your home with the recipe card. I think that's a great start. I don't think it's a long-term thing. I don't believe people are on, I don't have the stats, but I don't think people are on blue apron for like more than six months. I don't think it's realistic. I think once you figure out the skill set that a blue apron can give you, then you can go do that shit on your own. Blue apron is like training wheels. Yeah. Oh, blue apron is like training wheels. I like it. But I feel like those companies that offer that service are kind of for people that have like too much going on to mm-hmm. even oh. cook in the kitchen. So it's you know? basically like, beyond ineptness. Yeah, I mean, it's just just part of like a routine for them, like to do to like take take the grocery part out of it mm-hmm. and uh, you know just have it delivered to you. Wouldn't it be that much easier? So I'd like, be curious to find out what the stats are, what the drop off yeah. is of people that use. Uh, apps and services like Blue Apron because that's a great point, Ralph. Like that, you know, that's uh, 
I don't. Yeah, like if if grocery part was like taken out for me, then I would. It would make it much easier. Right. But I feel like after six, let's say six months, Blue Apron is exp- like if you think about it, it's kind of expensive. It's like t- on the low end, like ten bucks a meal. Mm-hmm. Um. That's per person, expensive. per person at home. Like once you start doing that math, it doesn't matter how busy you are. You, f- you start figuring out how to order groceries on Amazon and just get the groceries delivered. But again, right. you run into the problems of portion control and having w- food waste that Blue Apron essentially tries to save you on. But yeah, I never understood how cost effective that is anyway. Blue Apron? Like any of those services. It's more, I guess the point that you brought up uh right. convenience yeah right i don't think i don't i think at the end of the day cost saving isn't their hardest sell because i mean they say it's 10 bucks a meal per person that's not you could still or i feel like you could still try to order in at 10 bucks right. a meal. yeah that's what i'm trying to get at yeah because like, you still have to order this food from blue apron or whatever and you still got to cook it but mm-hmm. how costly or how much more cost effective is that to like ordering in like from Pizza you know, Hut or something? As someone who always uh, uses Postmates and DoorDash mm-hmm. and whatnot, um, I think Blue Apron and those other services have a leg up on them because Postmates or DoorDash or E24, they have ordering minimums. Oh, okay. So it's like, all right, you got you got to order fifteen bucks, or you got to order twenty bucks plus de- delivery fee mm-hmm. for us to make this um, delivery. Um, I. I know Postmates doesn't have a delivery uh, minimum and Uber Eats, but there's other apps out there that have delivery minimums. So maybe besides the convenience factor, Blue Apron caters to the the price on people who try to order in from those apps. So I'd still rank Blue Apron a notch higher on the education scale. Like if we go back to your question, Reach, of how does someone who's not necessarily <laughs> food woke or like a heavy foodie or food beast, in like how do they jump in? I think... Blue Apron is a good thing to jump into. Um, and that's, this sounds like an ad. Literally jump into any one of those plated, any of those uh, services that send you pre-portioned ingredients and allow you to cook. Because if anything, you're starting to learn about the individual ingredients. You're starting – it usually comes with a tidbit of the culture that it's from. So if you're making like a shakshuka or you're making a ramen or a pho, you're, you're learning about like the Vietnamese, the Japanese cultures as a result – where if you're just ordering out from like the Chinese spot across the street, Good like, point. yeah, that's tight. But like, all right, I'm getting chow mein and two orders of orange chicken and not learning much, not as wholesome. Um, the cost ben- the cost is a, a trade off. I think like you're right, Reach. It, it does get expensive to order in yeah. from Postmates. Like, I guess or you're not going to walk out for like under 15, 20 bucks no. mm-hmm. um, delivered. Uh, so... I have a yeah. quick fun stat right here. Go for it. Um, Costa here threw me the alley-oop with this stat. Blue Apron had up to a billion dollars in sales last year. Shit. Holy cow. A billy. So that speaks to it. That <laughs> speaks to it. Costa, uh, so uh, Costa's uh, a great writer here. Food Beast and, uh, sits in this podcast room. But Costa, what... Uh, do you have any any insight into what the drop off is and how long like a user retention is on something like a Blue Apron? I don't know if they release those stats at all, but that would be fascinating because the billion in sales that's still an incredible feat. That's an incredible yeah. stat, but it doesn't mean anything if like everyone drops off. I'm curious about how long people stay users of right. Blue Apron because that's that's a big indicator. I mean, that's something that we could find out on our own. Sure, sure. 
Anyways, but that's yeah. yeah so that I mean, my first thing is like there we have so much at our disposal now to be able to learn about food, like like a food delivery service, like that meal prep service, um, and then I mean you can just track through your Instagram feed. <laughs> you track through your Instagram feed, see a picture of food you like, click through to that restaurant and check out their menu. Like get into it. Yeah, I mean just. It was a great article by Virginia Postrel of Bloomberg mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. why food is taking over your, our life. But to answer just that headline in itself, food is our life, pretty mm-hmm. much. Right. Okay. That's, Damn. That's meta. That's super. That's super meta. Food okay. is our life. <laughs> food is our life. We eat it. We need it for nutrition. We might as well, during that nutritious aspect, be enjoying it. Right. I mean, there potentially that's two to four to five hours of your day you might as well be enjoying it to the full extent another one uh the last thing if we want on this topic um we mentioned that during our discussion with virginia uh she she asked she asked a few things which is actually interesting about i think that food is a cheaper alternative for entertainment and for personal fulfillment for our current generation than most most people in our generation like can't afford, for example, a house. You can't afford a mortgage, right? Sure. So you know that. You let that sink in. And then what happens, even if that's subliminal, like you let that sink in and you're like, you know what? If I can't afford this house, I'm at least going to eat right. If I can't afford these shoes, I'm at least going to eat right. Yeah. And so I think that becomes... A type of compensation? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's you deep. might treat, treat yourself... I think that's what happens, especially like even in lower income, um, lower to mid income, like you might as well be eating right. Like I, that's that just goes back into it being a status symbol. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if you can't put up a picture of your house, which like no one does, you could put up a picture of the bomb places that you're eating. Yeah. 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 Oh, you drive a Lambo. Oh, well, I'm having a quadruple <laughs> double. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes vice versa. Like people who like are, like are really rich and wear like shitty ass like ripped jeans and like muddy jeans like <laughs> the ones that like they're selling at stupid nordstrom's right now um, muddy jeans. yeah it's like well what's that like they're almost like reverse that like yo i'm really rich but like i work hard like because look at my jeans <laughs> like same idea when like like when like the fucking weekend or selena gomez is like you know what like i'm filthy rich but like here's a picture of in and out because i'm like one with the people like i fuck with in and out <laughs> Like I could eat at Nobu, but I'm get like this this two dollar fifty cent burger in and out. I think that speaks. It's like connective tissue, regardless of your social status. Now I think like more people are open to like eating at a taco truck than they ever were. Doesn't matter what Cause taco trucks are good. Because taco stuff. trucks are fire. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't you can't make food that good without being greasy and poor. Mm-mm. No, you can't. Um. Shout out to food, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Virginia, for uh, doing that Bloomberg. If you guys want to read it, it's a great read. Um, I'm not the only person quoted in there, so it's not just an Eli A. Ruth uh, expose. It's quite the opposite. Um, but she brings up some great points about the food industry as a whole and how big corporations are, are tapping into social media and why people, everyday people like you and I, um, are infatuated with food. So if you go to Bloomberg.com, just search why food is taking over your life. It's a great read. Yeah. And if you're waiting for that Eli Aruth expose, it's on Playgirl coming soon. Playgirl coming soon. You guys got it. Yep. 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 They did the spread yesterday. Air horns. He did a spread yesterday. This was a pretty good, I mean, 
This is pretty good so far. Very robust conversation. Very robust. Very robust. I mean, is there any uh, breaking, breaking news we want to no, talk about? There, there's something really annoying that I just want to touch on, and it's about McDonald's, and they're a bunch of hoes for this. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's is phasing out the Heisey Orange Lava Burst. Okay, you guys got to tell me why you feel some type of way, because I don't give a shit. Yo, we grew up <laughs> on that, and it was... It was the best tasting drink out of there besides just like the, the is, stupid sodas. Like I'm not a soda like guy. Some '90s kid shit. Cause like I low key feel some type of way too. But I I don't really eat McDonald's. But when I do, it would be bef- this. You know, obvi- obviously this was way before the sweet tea. Yeah. Like hey, that was fire. Yeah, so tell me, weird. tell me the last time you went to McDonald's. Let's go. Let's break this down. I don't even know. Like, right. not recently. I, last time sure. I went to McDonald's about two months ago. Okay. With Mike and Braden here, and we had the the Big Mac different sizes things. Yeah. So that was. That and was, then, did, what did you get for a drink? I got the high C orange lava. Did first, you? Man. Okay. Then point made. Point made. Every every time. And you know what? Remember <laughs> yeah. that gross drink, um, uh, Incredible Hulk with the henny and the hypnotic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had my own version. <laughs> where I would get the high C orange lava burst, two parts. One part of the the blue, uh, what was that? Powerade. Okay. Bam. Green drink. Tastes delicious. And you pour Hennessy on top? Yeah. I'm feeling oh, some shit. type of way. That's what's up. I thought that's, I thought that's what you were getting at. If we're, if we're pre-drinking, trying to go to Club Oons Oons, yes. Club Oons Oons. Yo, <laughs> ain't nothing doper than pre-gaming at like a McDonald's or a, or a Taco <laughs> yeah, Bell. Yeah, and you just pour that little sneak in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, no. it's just unlimited, unlimited mixers. <laughs> You just roll up there. It's unlimited mixers. And they're trying to replace it with another soda. Like, we all know soda is flagging in sales and appeal everywhere, but they're trying to repl- replace it with Sprite Tropic Berry flavor. Like, yo, it's. it's That's a tropic. corporate move. That's yeah. a corporate move. They're getting Sprite in there. That's super corporate. But, heist, I mean, maybe people aren't getting it, though. Like, Raphael, you say you, say you have an affinity towards the high C, but yeah, like, try to remember like last time you went to McDonald's. Sh- did you get it? No, I got the sweet tea. Yeah, this for sure. Like, cause like I think it's just more of a um, nostalgia feel to it. Mm. Like, I think that's what people are getting at on social media. Like, they um, are literally saying "R.I.P." to this. I don't know, man. It tastes good. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> uh, there's about six people in this room right now. Show of hands. How many of y'all liked the orange high C? I like the orange high C. Is it the same as lava? Five burst? out of six sample size. Orange lava burst, yeah. I like gushers, but I haven't bought gushers in years. Like I don't like, you know what I mean. Like if if it's not selling, if it's not moving, there had to be a reason. McDonald's isn't dumb; they have data. Like if McDonald's a bunch of hoes. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I mean, there's something to be said if they wanted to keep like a McDonald's. McDonald's isn't gonna look like McDonald's in ten years from now. Maybe not even five years. The way they're changing. Like, I mean, look, yeah, they I just mean, they got their fucking a f- a uniforms, bro. Oh yeah, they released a fork. They got these Doctor Evil ass uniforms. Oh, talk talk to everyone about the fork because no one's gonna know because this just it just launched actually on foodbeast.com. Coso has been writing about it. McDonald's invented a wacky French fry, quote unquote. It's a fork, F R O R K, and here's how to get one. They say, uh-huh. and so it. Imagine this: it's a plastic fork, but instead of prongs at the end, it has an opening so you can place three French fries in there, mm-hmm. and you eat it. This is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Yeah, that's it, dumb. Like, McDonald's is very consistent with their head assery today. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell is this? What thing? do you? Okay, so what's the point? Do you? Can you put? Maybe maybe you pour ketchup into the fork first, and then. I mean, you can wait. Get as creative. Is as you this want. for real? This is got. Is this like April? dead ass for real? Is this April? 
<laughs> it, oh it, my gosh! I don't know. It looked like a goofy. Um, my man USB looks like cable. he's selling um, laundry detergent, bro. Oh my gosh! I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay, well McDonald's. I mean, we wrote about it. So whoever's mm. PR team over there just got a little bit of a boost in salary because they. Whose <laughs> man's is this? <laughs> the frork. Oh yeah, my god! Th- th- wasn't McDonald's the one that also launched that straw with two holes opening in the middle of it? That cooped up like S-M-H. scooped up like a H. inverse candy cane. Yeah, hove of the day McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> was that what was that? Hove of the day McDonald's. The hove of the day. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Uh, but let's move on to happier news. Give me one more happy news so we can round this out. Uh, do you like, like beer? I love beer. Ralph, do you like beer? I Hell love yeah, beer. Man. So, um, out of Europe or Finland to be exact. There is a god level pack of beer that is made up of a thousand cans. God level, a thousand cans. Not like a six pack, a thousand packs. So it comes on like a pallet. I don't even know how do you you have you literally have to get this on a pallet to get it. How do you even fit this in your car? This is so silly. How do they sell it? A thousand balls or I think a thousand cans. I just I'm looking at the picture. That'd right be here. so. It has to be a thousand cans. That's dangerous. Even a thousand cans is dangerous. It's yeah. It comes on a fat pallet. Apparently, this started over some uh, one-upmanship between two beer companies. Mm. Uh, and one beer company uh, I remember that. was selling a hundred pack of beer. Oh, know? wow. And then this uh, beer company called Nokian Panimo, uh-huh. it was supposed to be a joke, but they're like, yo, what? I see your a hundred, raise you a thousand. This is Boom, so Come silly. see us. One hundred, one hundred, one hundred. Oh man! Oh, they said they're not eligible for Amazon Prime now yet. <laughs> yet, yo, Amazon gonna find a way. That's how you know it's legit, though. Once it's available for actual purchase, that's when I'm gonna co-sign it as like actual news. Yeah. Hey, yo, can we get this for the office? Because that just looks like it, to me. <laughs> okay, here's how big it is. It just looks like you're at a brewery and they wrapped it with some. They wrapped a pallet that would normally get delivered to a store and then distributed right. can by can. That looks, looks like, like what it is. Yeah, a display. Right. Yeah. So once Amazon has it for sale as a thousand pack of beer, I will then believe in this. What's the cost? What, I can't translate the pounds. Twenty one sixty pounds. Euros. Euros. Two thousand one hundred fifty. Which is which way is, more dollars. Yeah, but it is basically north of two bucks per beer. Damn. About twenty three hundred. Don't even get anywhere. Twenty three hundred in U.S. dollars. You get nowhere close to a bulk discount on that, huh? No, no. We, that we is don't got a uh, lot of money. Yeah, we don't got the Costco discount for this. This does look like something Costco should 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 buy into, though, right? Definitely, man. Costco. I mean, th- I've seen bigger things at Costco. I feel like Costco already sells a thousand pack beer. Probably, or this would be like Costco's greatest April Fool's joke ever. Two thousand three hundred forty nine dollars, according to Google. Damn, that's the conversion. Well, you know what? I don't know. That's not bad. I fin- don't know. Fin- Finland's out here turning Shit. up. Let's just say that. Yep. Shout out to the Finnish. And speaking of Finnish. That is the finish of that's the, the catch finish. up. That's the catch hey, up. Yo, that, but, was uh, that was a good Panimo exit. That was a good exit. Send us that palette, bro. So it wasn't a crappy outro this time. No, bro. no, guys. That has been Reach. <laughs> it's Raphael, Eli. We are. Thank y'all. Allies. Yeah, this has been the catch up. And I'm, I just really want to make this ending awful. I'm just going to have some more of this, man. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, let's just keep eating. Anyways, guys, uh, thank you for listening. Please share this podcast with a friend. Uh, someone that likes food will tell appreciate Tell your mother. Oh, tell your mom. 
Tell your mom. Don't tell my mom because I cuss on here. We will have <laughs> an edited version, the kids only version on YouTube Kids. And YouTube Kids? YouTube Kids. Yeah, they have a, a thing? Yeah, they have a YouTube for kids. Oh, I, great. I was actually hanging out with my little cousin. She's like 16 months, and I realized they all know how to use YouTube, so you need to give them YouTube Kids. It's like the kids bot version of YouTube? Yeah, because you'll log them into a Mickey Mouse, and then the next video is like Selena Gomez dressed up as Mickey Mouse. So you need to like, you need to give them YouTube Kids. Okay. Anyways. Damn, you fucked up the I outro. really did. I really did. Good job. Anyways, guys. Consistency. Anyways. <laughs> tweet us at Food Beast. <laughs> Tell us what you want to hear next week. And right. uh, that's it. Bye. Bye. Fire. Catch up. <laughs>